Welcome to Ulcerative Colitis, Autoimmune Healing Journey. I am your journey guide, Jay India, and I'm so happy that you are here because this is a supportive, positive environment where we can heal together. Please note, I am not a doctor or health professional in any way. If you would like to attempt something mentioned in this episode, please consult your doctor or mental health professional first. Before we get to the episode, so far I've given you almost 75 episodes and over a year and a half of free content. So please support this podcast by giving me a five-star rating wherever you listen and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It means so much, you guys. It really helps people find this podcast so we can all heal together and everyone can get the information and the knowledge. And also remember to hit the follow button so new apps pop up on your podcast player automatically. Today we are continuing our root cause series. This is the second part of the series. And we are discussing a root cause of UC, which is parasites and my terrible reaction to lion's mane. I want to get started with my parasite story. Of course, I have one because why wouldn't I? (laughs) Um, I was in the Peace Corps from 2000 to 2002. So I mean, now it's been, gosh, 24 years ago. My goodness, time flies. And I contracted Jardia. Jardia is a tiny parasite that wreaks havoc on your body. It certainly wreaked havoc on mine. I first discovered it in 2001. Again, I was living in Eastern Europe in the Peace Corps, and I would feel extreme stomach cramping in the afternoon. I remember I was a teacher, so I would come home from class, let's say it was around 3 p.m., and it felt like horrible cramping mixed with someone stabbing me in the stomach over and over, and then it would stop. I would wake up every night around 2 a.m. And I want to remember it was the exact same time, something freaky, like I would wake up at 1.59 a.m. every night, puke my brains out, not even lying, and then just go back to bed and fall asleep. Other than that, I felt totally fine. I didn't have any sort of fatigue or mysterious weight loss or anything. I decided to contact the Peace Corps nurse who gave me a pregnancy test. She said, it sounds like you're pregnant, which I was not. And I was thinking, well, I think at this point, I really wasn't having much sex. So I was like, I think you have to have sex to be pregnant. (laughs) But I let her do it anyway. Obviously, the results were negative. And then she tested further and I tested positive for Jardia. And by the way, the pronunciation, I've heard people say Jardia, I've heard people say Giardia, so however you want to pronounce it. The Peace Corps, the lovely American government said, I contracted Jardia while on vacation in Iceland, one of the most cleanest and pristine places on earth, because they didn't want to pay because really, I contracted it where I was in Eastern Europe. I was drinking unpasteurized milk when I was living there. And I know that's controversial to say because nowadays people drink raw milk and and they don't agree that you can get parasites from it. So whatever you believe. I was also drinking filthy water. If you look at pictures of babies in that country in bathtubs, they were in brown water. I'm not even exaggerating. So I was drinking that. I had a Brita filter that the government gave me 
but I should have just been doing bottled water. And I talked about this last episode when I said I had to get my teeth fixed and everything when I came back from two years of living there. And also, this is really gross now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> it was eating snow while I skied. So I was a big cross-country skier at that point in my life. And the country I lived in was very big into cross-country skiing. And instead of taking a water bottle out, I would just eat the snow. And I think that wasn't the best idea. So the Peace Corps nurse put me on strong antibiotics and everything went away. I was fine. Fast forward to 2003. So this is two years later. I've left the Peace Corps. I'm now back in, I think I was living in Boston. And the symptoms start all over again, but worse. The pain, that stabbing, that cramping in my stomach is worse. The nausea is much worse. I'm feeling it all the time. And I also just feel weird. Keep in mind, this was so many years ago, over 20 years ago, but I remember just having this weird, maybe it was lethargy. I don't know what was going on, but I just didn't feel right in my body. And I was so young at the time, you know, I was in my early 20s and I just wasn't feeling good. I went to a doctor, a physician, who was coincidentally a parasitologist too. So she was an expert in parasites. She had lived in Europe, Western Europe, I think Italy for years. So that was great too, that she had that European connection because I had just come from Europe. The Jardia had returned because she tested me or it never left because apparently it can lie dormant. You can have antibiotics and then it can just lie dormant and come back a couple years later. I didn't know that was common. She told me that's common. So not knowing any better, you guys, because again, this is a long time ago, I let her give me high dose antibiotics, uh, Flagyl, it's called. And I remember when I took them, I had a metallic taste in my mouth and I could not drink alcohol because I was so young. I was like, God damn it, I can't drink alcohol. But it seemed to work the Jardia went away. Keep in mind, though, I really effed my system with all these high dose antibiotics I took in a matter of or a span of over three years. So that wasn't great. The last episode I had talked about everyone has an inciting physical incident that usually is the start of their inflammatory bowel disease our UC, our Crohn's, our SIBO, all of that. And as I said, mine was food poisoning in college. But I think this with the Jardia and taking all the antibiotics was my second big incident that exacerbated the UC. I also want to say I knew someone, I had a friend whose father kept ignoring the signs of Jardia And he was in horrible pain. He was emaciated. He had the whole thing, the fever, the nausea, the fatigue, the lethargy, everything. So he finally went to the ER and he had to get some of his intestine removed. So when you have these major parasites, they are a big deal. And when it's that extreme, you feel it, you guys. For anyone who hasn't had a major parasite, oh, you feel it. (laughs) Oh, yes, you do. Then we have parasites that wear down our gut bacteria, gut lining, and intestinal lining over time. And you have either very small symptoms, you don't know what they are. Maybe they're just a stomach ache every once in a while. You eat something, your stomach gets disturbed. You're having a little more headaches, nothing crazy. Uh, Maybe you're feeling a little more tired, you know, that type of thing. But it's not anything extreme 
or some of these parasites, they don't give you symptoms. You're asymptomatic and you don't even know this is going on in your body. That's common as well. According to the journal Parasitology Research, this particular volume that was published in September 2023 says 107 of the 152 ulcerative colitis patients had parasite infections compared to controls. Isn't that interesting? These findings are consistent with those of, okay, long name, who found a high prevalence of pathogenic intestinal protozoa in UC patients. In addition, B. hominis was detected more frequently in UC patients. I looked up what B. hominis is. It's just like this group of parasites. That's the only way I can explain it. Parasitic infections appear to exacerbate inflammatory biomarkers in UC patients. There are highly statistically significant increases in fecal calprotectin. Thank God for editing. I just had to read that three times because these scientists, they're amazing, but they cannot write. (laughs) That is an awkward sentence. So for those of you that don't know calprotectin, because I know several of you came over or many of you have come over from Natural Awakenings, calprotectin is a stool test that checks the amount of inflammation in your colon, your gut, all of that. And you may want to ask your doctor for this test. If you're saying to yourself, okay, you know what? I have a little bit wrong with me. I don't feel like I need to go for the colonoscopy right now, then you may want to ask your doctor for something called a calprotectin test. It's non-invasive. And all you do is they give you a little hat. You have to go and get it at a lab. They give you a little hat. They give you instructions. And you put the little hat over the toilet. You number to it. They give you a tongue scraper type thing. And you take the poop with the tongue scraper and you put it into this little cup they give you. And often it has to be frozen unless you're giving them the sample within an hour. So I always carry it in a little freezer back to the lab. And this is good because this will tell you if you have an exorbitant amount of inflammation. And for me, because I have inflammatory bowel disease, what happens is, is my calprotectin, I haven't done it in so long But when it would come back, quote unquote, normal, I was still at like 100. The normal range for someone without IBD for a normie is between zero and 50. So I'm still testing out of that range a little bit. But I also like my potato chips. Um, (laughs) You know, I also eat a little bit of chocolate. I also do things like that. So I think that contributes to it as well. I remember when I was in my flare, I was at 3600, which that's crazy number. And I've also known some of the listeners who do have IBD, but they're much stricter than I am in their diet. And they also cook and they're really into cooking and all that. They've gotten their numbers as low as nine. So that is possible. So definitely think about the calprotectin test if you haven't already. Okay, this is back to the journal. Our findings may be explained by the fact that the parasite protozoa changed the structure of the intestinal mucus and produced mucolytic enzymes, allowing their penetration of the mucus barrier and causing severe prolonged inflammation. Parasites are everywhere, guys. It can happen in even the quote-unquote nicest environments. As I discussed in last week's episode, If you're a world traveler, you eat sushi or raw meat, swim in lakes, go camping, etc., you could have 
parasites. Hell, I live on a farm. I'm around cows. I pet my cows. I pet my dogs. I have a dog that (laughs) eats everything outside. He is our herding dog and he's constantly outside. He's running around the neighborhood and we have seen long worms come out of his body when he number twos it and it's not pleasant and we both freak out. So (laughs) um, even if you own a dog, in Europe, I've been told in certain countries, they deworm annually, especially their children. They'll give their children a little medicine a couple times a year or once a year, and that deworms the body. In the US, we do not do this. The drug they mainly use, and this is from what I've read, please, Europeans, text me, and well, you can't text me, but DM me, email me, tell me if I'm wrong, because I would love to know your opinion on it. The drug is called albedenzol. It's A-L-B-E-N-D-A-Z-O-L-E. It's a drug used to deworm people twice a year, but really you have to research it because it can cause liver issues. So if you already have problems with the liver, and I do, my liver, I have to work so hard to keep it unclogged because, you know, just between the UC and the leaky gut and the whole thing, it takes a lot and I have to detox constantly and eat really well. And if I go off my diet, the liver's clogged again and I can feel it because I have a little bit of a headache upon waking and I have some seasonal allergies and all that. So anyway, just make sure you research. I had bioenergetic testing done. You can go back to episode 45 and listen to that episode with my naturopath. And I did not test positive for parasites. She was really surprised. And bioenergetic testing is when you hold these rods and they test the energy in your body. So again, it's something that's explained in that episode, episode 45. So go back to that. But I am due to get another test soon. So we shall see if I do have parasites Also, you can get tested with your local naturopath, functional medicine doctor, or get bioenergetic testing. But the thing is, you just have to make sure these doctors are really good, they're really credible, Uh, make sure they have really good reviews, you have good recommendations. When you do get tested for all these things, it's not going to be covered by your insurance. You have to set aside a lot of money for testing. You know, for this parasite testing, It could be hundreds of dollars, so just know that in advance. If you do have parasites, what a naturopath does is they will tell you that you have to go on a very intense cleanse. All you can eat is meat, vegetables, and some fruit for months. And by the way, not raw meat. (laughs) That's not what we're going for here. And then you use a variety of herbs and a binder or two to cleanse the body. You have to be very disciplined. And when I say months, I mean something like six months to clear the body of all these parasites. I've heard that some really funky stuff comes out of your butt. So just be prepared. (laughs) The Ayurvedic approach is to strengthen the gut biome to kill the parasites They actually don't believe in antibiotics or harsh herbs. Again, I have a couple of really good episodes on UC and Ayurveda, which is the ancient Hindu system of wellness. It's a very holistic system. It's something that I try to live by. So definitely check out those episodes and research more. If you feel that you have parasites, get tested, do the right thing. Your UC may stem from this. 
And you may not know that, or even maybe you're listening to this and you don't have UC, you just have some stomach issues. That may be the issue. So it's always good to find the right person and get yourself properly tested. Let's move on to my lion's mane reaction. Lion's mane is a mushroom. It's all the rage. People say that it is such a great mood enhancer. It takes away all your anxiety. It's good for overall inflammation and wellness. And it's been the hot thing for a couple of years. Upon the recommendation of Dr. Pegg, who's from episode, see, I have to remember all these episode numbers. It's hard. <laughs> episode 43, she is my SIRS and mold toxicity doctor. She said, you know, if you can add something like lion's mane, try. And I said, okay. So there's an organic juice bar in my town. And I've been going to that business for years at this point, and I've always gotten great stuff. The owner's phenomenal. She's had incredibly good results in mood and lifting brain fog with this lion's mane tincture that she sells. Uh, I looked at the ingredients. It's a pure ingredients. It's the whole mushroom, which apparently you want. I was excited. So I started to use it, and it caused horrendous panic attacks so bad that in one night I had two hours of panic attacks. My anxiety was through the roof. I had horrible gastro pains and diarrhea. So I just want to say, beware of trends. America, Americans, we love trends, right? Now the new trend is Ozempic and everyone wants to look like the 90s heroin chic and the whole thing. So this is a new trend with lion's mane. Go online, research lion's mane. Now you'll find that a lot of people say it's great. The majority of the people say it relieves their anxiety, the whole thing. But then actually look up and research lion's mane adverse reactions and you'll see that it does the opposite. And a lot of people had the same reaction I did. And it takes a while to get out of the body. That's the shame of it as well. I noticed that people on this forum were saying, yeah, it took a while to get out of my body. And now every time I have caffeine, I get the same reactions. So I'm going back and starting to drink coffee this week. And I'm hoping that the lion's mane is out and I don't have the anxiety and the panic attacks come back. So we will see. And I've said this a billion times on this podcast that I have the same reaction with marijuana, whether it's CBD or THC, it brings out my anxiety. I don't like it. If you have gained any knowledge, insight, or comfort from these episodes, please support the podcast, buy my UC ebook, my meditations, and donate. All the links are in the show notes. In my household, when we have a perfect shit, you know when it slides out of your body, it's a perfect color and solidly formed, and you're so proud of yourself that you turn around the toilet and go, wow, we call that a green heart. I wish everyone a green heart day.